Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. Now, in this podcast, we love to look at God's word. We love to look at things with a biblical perspective and go to the word of God. Now, our first world problems this month have been dealing a lot with the LGBTQ plus movement. And one of the things that I have heard brought up is that, you know, in the Bible, Jesus, who's the centerpiece of the Bible, who we focus on, who's our, our savior, our Messiah. It, people will say he never really dealt or talked specifically towards the LGBTQ plus movement. He never talked towards homosexuality. He never was specific about it. And our first world problem is we've had a ton of questions. We've had, should Christians go to gay weddings? What is the backlash? Uh, we looked at the backlash of certain companies doing it and how should we boycott? How should we protest in, in a loving, kind way? Should we honor pronouns or not? And when we look at that topic of, does Jesus talk about specifically the issue of homosexuality? He doesn't for the most part. I mean, he definitely talks about uh, marriages between a, a man and a woman. And that's something that people have tried to use. And of course, you got to look at the whole book, the whole good book and how Jesus looks at marriage. But the first world problem question today is this. What story, what event that took place in the Bible do you think would be closest towards Jesus talking about the LGBTQ plus topic? Jesus talking about homosexuality. And there were a couple that popped up in my mind, but I definitely want to hear from you. Is there a story, is there an event that, that took place with Jesus? Because we know what the Bible says about it, but is there a story or event that took place with Jesus that you feel like, man, this is how I feel Jesus would have handled this situation or this topic most likely. Now, something that popped in my head right away was Mark chapter two, verse 13 through 17. And this is when Jesus calls Levi to be one of his followers. He calls Levi to go and have dinner with him. And they look at him like, hey, Jesus is going to eat with the sinners and the, and the tax collectors. Like, why is he doing that? I thought about that. Like, if Jesus did that in our society today, I could see him having a dinner or having conversations with people, the LGBTQ plus movement and, and having that conversation and people looking at him crazy. But then I thought about what about in Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 to 22, when Jesus talks about the cost of following him. And I know a lot of times all of us want to hold something on, but especially with the LGBTQ plus community, people say, hold on to your identity, hold on to your sexual identity, because that makes you so much. And then even one of the people that Jesus was talking to was like, hey, um, I want to follow you. But first, I got to go. I got to go bury pops. I got to go bury my father. And I was like, no, I, the one that I think and you can definitely disagree me, disagree with me, but I do want to hear from you. The story, the event that took place, I feel like would most depict how Jesus would handle or talk about the, the topic of homosexuality or LGBTQ plus movement is the Samaritan woman at the well. And the reason I say that is because her sexual identity was wrapped up in a whole bunch of dudes. And if you remember, Jesus was like, hey, go to your husband. And she was like, uh, and Jesus was like, yeah, I know you, you didn't have a whole bunch of them. And the man you living with now, that ain't your husband. And the reason I think about that story would be is so close relatable is because when you look at how the disciples came back to and they were like this woman at the well, I can't believe he's even talking to her. A lot of people in our society or in our world would think or look crazy at Jesus. Like, I can't believe he's talking to this person who's gay, to this person who's transgender. But the thing about Jesus that is awesome and what we see with this is he shows compassion, he shows love, but he doesn't compromise his stand. He doesn't compromise the word of God. He doesn't compromise the law. In fact, he shows this woman how much she needs a savior. 
he 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 makes sure that he tells her, you know, I see that you have a void. I see that you're looking for this water. You're looking for something to fulfill and quench your thirst, but you're looking in the wrong place. You got to look towards me. And I think that's the same message that he would deliver to people of the LGBTQ plus community or those who are struggling with same sex attraction or, or gay or, or transgender. And I think that's just an awesome depiction of how God, how Jesus would talk about that issue if he was in our world today. But I, I want to hear what you think. Love to hear from you. Instagram or Twitter. My handle is Champion Life 23. We got TikTok. We got YouTube. Let me know what you think. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Pride, a disease or a blessing. Now, pride is one of those things that sometimes people say you shouldn't be so prideful because you will fall. You will hurt yourself. You you have an unrealistic confidence or unrealistic expectations. Sometimes people tell you take pride in what you do because they want you to take ownership. They want you to be the best you possibly can be. They want you to realize that this is going to reflect you. So which one is it? Is pride a disease or is it a blessing? And in a lot of ways, it can be both. And that's what we're going to look at in this episode today. You just think about we have a month called Pride Month. And what are people taking their pride in? People are taking their pride in who they love. They're taking pride in their sexual identity. They're taking pride in sins. Now, when do we know it's a disease? When it takes pride in the wrong thing, when it takes pride in sins? When is it a blessing? When it takes pride in the right things and it helps focus us and get our attention on God. And I had to think about myself, like, what are some things that I take pride in? Because there are there are some things in our life that really they're not a disease or a blessing, but they could be. And it's like, well, how do you draw the difference? How do you know what the difference is? I'll give you an example. All right. I take pride in my teeth. Look at the teeth. Look, look at them. I take pride in my teeth. I do. So what does that mean? That means I'm going to make sure I brush them twice a day. I'm going to make sure that I floss every single day. That means every once in a while, I'm going to get my little whitening trays and put them on there and get the teeth, get the teeth right. Make them white. Ugh, looking good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that means I take pride in my teeth. I take pride in my body. So this is a different one where it could go either way, right? I take pride in my body. So I'm getting in the weight room four, five, six, seven times a week, you know, hitting the iron, doing my running, doing everything that I'm supposed to do. But it can be a disease if I'm all of a sudden thinking on the weekend, I can go be a male stripper. No, that's just, that's too far. But what if it was something like, all right, I got my body glistening, the sun hitting it. I got my oil on and I'm taking pictures and, and posting it on social media, setting thirst traps because I want more attention from, from different women. Like that would be wrong. That would be a hundred percent wrong. And that would be where pride became a disease. But you see, it, it can go either way. Now, if I wanted pride in my body because I want my wife to be all over me and touching me and stuff like that, that's a blessing. Then. That's a blessing. Then. And there are so many different times when we talk about like our athletes, we tell athletes, take, take pride in what you're doing. A lot of times we're saying work at what you're doing and don't want to give in to defeat. Um, we talk about, you know, take pride in your relationships, take pride in, in, in who you love, take pride in, in being a great family member. And these are things that can go either way and when we talk about like our, our even our sexual identity if i was like hey i'm a man so that means i'm going to treat a woman the exact way that god tells me to in the bible all of a sudden that's like a blessing but if i was a man like i take pride in getting any and every woman i'm finna hit anything walking like i take pride in being him 
that's a disease then because we're going against God's word. Now, something for us just to remember, something for you to ask yourself, because you should take pride in certain things. But it's like, when does the pride get out of control? When does the pride become a disease? Pride is 100 percent without a doubt. It is a disease when it makes you lie and it makes you say or envision things as being your way is better than God's way. So I'll say that again. Pride that is a disease makes you lie and say you know what? My way or how I envision this is better than God's way. That's how you know that pride is a disease. Now, I want to look at Acts chapter five, because on this episode of pride, a disease or a blessing, this is something that it could have went differently. It could have went as a blessing, but we're going to see it as a disease. And we're going to look at kind of where they went wrong with this. This is actually a couple. This is actually a couple. Now, this is Acts chapter five. It says, now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also brought also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles feet. So when you look at this, them bringing the money to the disciples, that actually starts off as a blessing, right? Like that's pride in, in stewardship. That's pride in giving to people. But where their pride went wrong is when they lied. And when they had their pride in just looking good at any and every cause. So you see how it was a blessing, but then it turned to a disease. This is verse three. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? And what you got to realize, and this is how you know that that pride is a disease, is when pride says it's okay to lie or go against God's word. And some of you are like, well, I don't know what God's word is. That's the whole reason we read the good book. But when pride says it's okay to lie or go against God's word, that's that's a problem right there. Verse four says, this is Peter continuing on. He says, didn't it belong to you before it was so? And after it was so, wasn't the money at your disposal? So Peter was pretty much saying like, bro, you could have did anything you wanted with the money. It was your money. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. He fell down and died. And with pride, pride is something with, when you have it with your ego, it has to be put to death, especially so it doesn't get too big. At times, you're going to have to put it to death. You're going to have to put out the fire because if you don't, either it's going to be put out by our, our God who's going to have to humble us then. So it's better that we put it out and make sure that we have it in the right location, our energy, our motivation in, in the right spots. It goes on to say, and a great and great fear sees all who heard what had happened. Then some young man came for it, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her. He said, tell me this. Is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? So Peter asked her the question. Now, look at this. This is a chance where it could be a blessing. She could keep it a hundred. She could keep it a buck, but it turned into a disease. And, and watch how this disease came of, you know, we always tell people you need to be a ride or die chick. That means you need to be down for your significant other. No matter what you need to pick their side. Nah, -uh. you shouldn't pick their side if it goes against God's side, because there is a right and a wrong. And we know what's right or wrong by looking in a good book. Yes. So look at what happened with her. She picked being a ride or die chick. Look at how she answered. Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, 
Now, a lot of times with pride, we end up thinking like it's all about ourselves we, or how, all about how other people view us. When in reality, it's all about how God views us. And that's the whole reason why we should put our pride in him. Because when we put our pride in him, you'll see that how God views you. He cleans you. He, he looks at you as righteous. He looks at you as perfect. He looks at you as holy. But when we put our pride in ourselves, we see ourselves and how we see it. It, it really doesn't matter. The feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events, all who heard about these events. So she picked the wrong thing. They picked the wrong thing. That's where the pride seemed to be in the right thing and pride seemed to be a blessing, but it turned into a disease because they started thinking that their way was better than God's way and that they could trick God, that they could trick God and make their achievements, make their success look even better. And it's like, man, get a glory to God. He does it all. He, he, he does it all. Now, something that sometimes I, I get to just thinking about, like, it's like, man, I I can, you can get a little sad or you can get a little depressed when you think about some of the things that you have done and, and you look at your life, you look at the law and you like, man, perfect. I'm not even close to perfect. Like It can be a little it can be depressing. It can be disheartening when you think about some of the disgusting things you've done. Some of the disgusting things that I've done, they despicable. It's like man, I wouldn't want anybody knowing about this. I am not worthy to be talking to you about God's work based off some of the things that I've done. But it's just like, all right, what should I take my pride in? And as children of God, we can take our pride in the fact that we are justified because of what Christ has done. So my pride is not in myself because when I look at myself, it's, it's like, oh, this, this is filthy. But when I look at God, God makes me acceptable. My confidence is in him. My, my pride is in him and, and what he has done. So he's taken me from being guilty to not guilty. He's taken me from being filthy to being to being righteous. And that's something that I can take pride in. That's the reason I can talk to you about God. Right? It's not because I'm so awesome. It's because God is that awesome. And he can use somebody like me to do this. Um, another thing to take pride in as children of God is like, man, the hope that we have, the hope that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in, in God. When you look at earthly matters at times, you like, man, I just don't know where it's going to go. But I can have hope that my God is that awesome. He's that good. And he's going to make something good come about it. I might not always agree with it. I might not even know what's going on, but I can trust in that fact. And from a spiritual sense, I always know. And I can look at his word to be like, all right, God is putting me through this. I got the hope that this is going to make me better. This is going to make me stronger. This is going to make me closer to him. I can trust in it. I can look at his resume. I can look at what he's done and be like, man, all right, he's got me. Not just from um, even a spiritual sense, but just different things that he's gotten me out of and positions that he put me in. It's like, that wasn't me. That was 100% God. It was all God. That's that's pride in the right place. That's pride in the blessing. Pride being a blessing. Um, something else I can take pride in is that I have the ability and the will to do good works. And it's not because I'm just so awesome. It's because I am a child of God. And because when I sit down and just think about like how much God loves me, how much God ha has blessed me, the fact that I can do something good now and it can bring a smile to my heavenly father's face, like that compels me, that gets me excited, that gives me some juice, that gives me that motivation to be like, all right, I can do this. But I don't do this stuff and then earn his love, earn his grace, earn his mercy. It's already there. 
it is already there. And, and something else that I can take pride in and you can take pride in is the fact that we can communicate. We can have a relationship with our God, an intimate relationship with, with reading his word and through prayer. Like we can have that through prayer. And at times we feel alone. We feel like there's a void there. Go to God. Go to God through prayer. Go to God through his word. And that's something I can take pride in. A lot of times we look at stuff in this world and it's like it might feel like it's OK for a little bit or it's, it's filling the void a little bit. But it's it's not going to fill the void. It's temporary. God is is 100 percent, 100 percent. Now, I want to look at Second Kings chapter five. And in this, we have a couple of different people with with different pride issues in here. We have the king of Israel who's like torn. And he's like, oh, I looked and he looks in himself and he says, I can't answer what he's asking me to do. Like, I can't do it. And that makes him get anxious. That makes him get spooked. Then we have somebody else who has pride and how he's envisioning something. And he's like, oh, that's not how I envisioned it. And just see how that almost causes him to miss out on some blessings and something we got to remember, like pride, you will always feel insufficient. You will always feel incomplete when you are looking to yourself or you are going to feel too confident and best believe you're going to fall. So second Kings chapter five, the, the main person here is a dude named Naaman. It says now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. So just stopping right there. If I was Naaman, Naaman, I would be thinking like, dude, I'm I'm him. <laughs> like the thing I would have to battle with is all these victories. Are they because of me or are they because of God? That would be the thing where it's like, all right, is it a disease or, or, or is it a blessing? And that's something that Naaman probably has to, has to battle. And sometimes when we look at the different things in, in our lives that aren't going right, those sometimes are a blessing too. Because this leprosy kept Naaman looking for God, looking for the real God, looking for real answers. If everything was going smooth, where might he have had his pride then? So that's a humbling thing that we all can appreciate at times. Verse 2 says, now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. So she said to Naaman's wife, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So this is just so dope by this little girl or by this servant. She has pride in God. She has pride in God. He doesn't say like, I can cure you. She says this, this prophet in who's in Israel, I mean, in Samaria can, can do that. Verse four, remember shortcomings can help us look towards God. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel has said. And this is how the king replies. He says, by all means, go. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 sets of clothing. So he brought a whole bunch of guap and a whole bunch of gifts. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now, see how the king of Israel like, see how his pride got him spooked and got him anxious. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and clothes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how, how see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. So he automatically assumed the worst because he had his pride in himself. And he's like, I know I can't cure him of this. So dude must want some, he must want some beef with me. Like he's just trying to start something. It's like, dude, when you got pride in the wrong places, you get scared, you get, you get spooked. And sometimes when we know we can't do it, that makes us hopeless. 
When in reality, that should make us turn towards God. And this king, the king of Israel, he didn't look towards God like he should have. Something for us to take. Now, verse eight, when Elisha, this is the prophet, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Now, think about Elisha. Elisha had confidence in the right place. He had pride in what God could do and how God could use him. And we got to remember when you do have pride in God, sometimes people will view you definitely differently. So this is what Elisha did. So when he stopped at the door of Elijah's house, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Now, remember this. God can deliver you. God can use you in some humble ways to do some great things, because this is not what Naaman had envisioned. Look at how Naaman's pride and how he had envisioned it caused him to react to this. But Naaman he went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Firepower, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. So Naaman was heated because he like, whoa, like, do he know who I am? Like, bro, not even gonna come out here and wave his arms or something. He told me to go wash in the Jordan. That river sucks. Like, why is he telling me to go go wash there when we got better water back in Damascus? Like, this don't make any sense. But that's where his pride was in the wrong area. That's where pride gets us to envision things that we shouldn't envision and can go against God's word. So his pride didn't align with what he envisioned. So that, that caused him to have this unrealistic um, vision, the unrealistic expectations. And that can definitely get us in, in trouble and make us miss out on blessings. But listen to what his servant said to him, naming servants. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So they pretty much like, I don't know why you tripping, because if he told you to do something crazy, you wouldn't have did it anyways. And you would have been like, hold up, this is weird. So his servants had to point that out to him like you got pride in the wrong place. Just just listen. So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored. And he became clean like that of a young boy. So his obedience, his obedience was love. His obedience was love to God because he, he was thinking he had to help him out or he would have did it this way or I would have did it that way. And God's like, no, I'm going to tell you how to do it. My grace and my mercy, my love is sufficient enough. My power is good enough. I can do it anywhere. I can do it how I want to do it. I just want to see if you're going to be obedient. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God and he stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. So when he went and washed that seven times, that was almost too simplistic for him. And sometimes that's how God's grace and how God's mercy is for us. Like it's too simple for us. We feel like we have to help God out. Our pride tells us I got to work to get God's love. I got to work to get God's mercy. But you don't. You work out of love. You work because you know you are loved. You work because you just like, dang, I'm just thinking about how much God has blessed me. That's why we work. We don't work to earn it. We work because we're compelled to because of the love that we have shown. We love because he first loved us. First John 4 verse 19. Now to, to wrap up this episode, 
Naaman almost missed out on some blessings because he had his pride in the wrong way. He viewed, he had this view and this expectation in the wrong thing that went against God's way. And that's the disease of pride right there. But when we think about this from a, an earthly standpoint, it, it can be confusing. It can be confusing. There will be some things where you're like, man, is this a disease or is this a blessing? And the big thing that you always have to ask yourself is, am I lying to myself? Does this go against God's word? Does this go against God's way? If it goes against that, then you know it's a disease. If you can keep your focus on God and allow that to be the centerpiece and you can have your pride ultimately in him, then it's a blessing. So we see in Naaman's case, it was it was a blessing to be able to go and to trust this fact because he was putting it in God when he even came to, to visit the king of Israel. Um, when we look at pride, the big thing we always, always have to remember is like the my way thing. Do I think that my way is better than God's way? Do I think how I envisioned it is better than God's way? And when we think about Jesus and all that he has done in us, done for us, we got to take pride in his achievements we have to take pride in what he has done what he is doing and what he will do and man that's where i just sit down sometimes and i'm just like in awe and i'm just in amazement of how much grace how much mercy how much love that he has for us and that compels me compels me to want to do good works that compels me to want to love but i can't take pride in myself my confidence comes not from what i have done but for what jesus has done for you for me for this entire world and this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Pride, a disease or a blessing. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.